0: now that it's the future and i have myself tying up boots my flying car and the world is still on fire but we're still gonna record this podcast yes I didn't I didn't want to be fun. I thought I should be solemn.
1: A little bit. I'm I'm in extraordinary pain right now, both physical and mental from the third degree burns covering my entire body, but also we don't need to get into that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You stood too close to my flying car, Tom. Our Skype connection seems so much clearer this time. It
1: does, doesn't it? I can make out every single pore, every. You hang of did a that last time. You said those same words. Damn it! Well, here, let me say some different words this time. I think, I think, if I take my nails and rake them <laughs> yep. across your face, yeah. Can you, you can hear touch that, it. listeners? We're recording that's, in the. Oops. <laughs> that's the sound of Liam Scruff being tickled by my uh tender fingers my sweaty tender fingers
0: we're in the same room for what should be the first episode in 2017 recording some of these in bulk you better believe uh, it because i'm going on a secret mission to yes uh, find betty davis's tombstone and pee on it
1: (laughs) oh my poor (laughs) betty no she wouldn't wanted it
0: that way yeah she was weird
1: (laughs) She's
0: freaky. She's freaky that. like that. One of them, one of them freaky, uh, freaky fly girls I've heard about in '90s music. So this is Media Major. It's a storytelling podcast about major media where we try to be funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm Liam Senior. I enjoy movies and television and things of
1: that ilk. And I'm Tom Lockney. And I like internet culture and video games. And this is our 2016 episode. We've each selected a story that we believe best sums up this. Horrible, horrible year. Just imagine
0: an entire year made up of horses on fire. Yeah. And that is what this year is. So my story, my story is called 2016, the year of gaslighting. Oh, Mm. okay. What are we, I'm nervous. In December 16th of 2016, just Five or six days ago, from when we're recording. Oh, Jesus, God! Collateral Beauty premieres in the U.S. of A. No
1: fucking way! Will Smith's Big Bomb,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's star. It's a star-studded cast of the aforementioned Will Smith, but also Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, Helen Mirren, Kieran Knightley, Michael Pena, Naomi Harris, and Jacob Lattimore. It's directed by Dave Frankel. Did the Devil Wears Prada? Oh, so you know. Uh, And it was written by Alan Loeb, scribe of such classics as Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps. It Mm. doesn't. Uh, A lot of Adderall and cocaine. Yeah. Rock of Ages, where the movie where Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand are gay lovers. Oh, yeah. And you don't see them kiss. And the Kevin James vehicle, Here Comes the Boom. I'd make a poop joke, but I'm sure the movie already did that Oh, I've got you covered later in the episode. Fantastic. Now, I haven't seen Collateral Beauty because I'm not going to subjugate myself to such gnarly torture. Nor should you. But I was reading reviews about it, and I thought I think that the plot of this movie weirdly just sums up my opinions of 2016.
1: Okay. Well, tell us then, Liam. So let's,
0: let's take a quote from Vox contributor and I think culture editor Todd Vanderwerf. At numerous points throughout collateral beauty, I simply threw up my hands in exasperation at how stupid and lifeless it was. (laughs) So you've seen the trailer, yeah?
1: I couldn't even make it that fucking far, dude. I've seen the teaser to the emoji movie, and even I couldn't watch. I watched the whole thing. (laughs) The teaser. (laughs) I was like, where are they going with this? Oh god.
0: Uh, So the trailer sets this up. Will Smith works as an ad executive, which I'm going to do a whole episode about movies that make people ad executives, mm-hmm. uh, whose six-year-old daughter has died. Aw. In his grief, he has written letters to time, love, and death. And then suddenly, the personifications of time, love, and death, played by Lattimore, Knightley, and Mirren respectively. Are you fucking serious? Confront him. What?
1: Because I thought this was going to be like a seven-pound situation, another Will Smith vehicle. It kind
0: of is. Because, well, sort of. Sounds like an attempt at adult magical realism, right?
1: Wrong! Wrong.
0: (laughs) You are incorrect, for you see the trailer kept a pretty big detail under wraps to keep the film feeling Xmasy and feel-goody. Those aren't the personifications of anything. Those are actors hired by Will Smith's friends and colleagues to either get him out of his depressive funk or so that they can videotape it digitally erase the actor that he's talking to you show it to lawyers to get him fired because he they have believed he is mentally unfit to run an ad agency these sound like really good friends such good friends yeah they're ga- and at one point they go back and forth should we use this to shake him out of his depression or should we just get the fucker fired i'm edward norton
1: oh my god
0: that's edward norton kate winslet and michael peña's role in the movie see he's sad his daughter has died and so they uh
1: need to gaslight him to retaliate jesus christ <laughs> right. well because i was i was kind of apprehensive when you first used that term J- should we define gaslighting what it is I, uh, yeah, yeah go for it gaslighting is a term used specifically to describe uh, uh, usually abuse mm. where the term literally comes from a scenario where where well, it, it, two people yeah. are in a, in in like a kitchen and the person one person is cooking Person A is cooking, Mm -hmm. turns off the pilot light, goes to eat their food. Person two, without the knowledge of person one, lights the pilot light again and says, hey, person one, you didn't turn off the gas. You didn't turn off the stove.
0: It uh, also uh, got notoriety from the movie Gaslight. In which Ingmar Berg- Ingrid Bergman is gaslighted uh, to thinking all this crazy shit is happening. It's really
1: yeah. good. And you repeat that behavior until person you're, one believes that they have not turned off the pilot light.
0: You're essentially forcing a creation of a different world on another person. Yeah. Um, which I think has kind of happened to all of us. Yeah. It's
1: a common. It's a common
0: abusive tactic. Uh, this is a Christmas movie.
1: <laughs> oh. Home for the holidays. This is
0: supposed to be a riff on a Christmas carol. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Which might be the worst Christmas carol riff since Jim Carrey glued a bunch of ping pong balls to his face. Nasty. (laughs) Um... But even worse is this is essentially a Christmas movie about gaslighting. At one point, someone says to the friends, aren't you, like, gaslighting him? And they're like, yeah, kinda. Wow, that's
1: And whack then that's fuck. just dropped. Yuck. Yuck-a-do.
0: So a lawyer shows Will Smith the videos. That happens. And he sees him talking to no one. And then off screen, the friends are like, hey, we were gaslighting you. That scene doesn't happen in the movie. What?
1: And later, Will Smith is like, you guys did the right thing. Jesus Christ, I hate this movie. Jesus Christ, I hate this movie. Tom. Liam. Tom. Liam.
0: Then two twists
1: happen. Oh. Then two more twists? (laughs) Yeah. Isn't, what? But they've already dealt with the central conflict of the fucking movie. Yep. What are you talking about? It's
0: like a water slide so many twists and turns. It's like a water slide it's... made out of pee. Uh, Naomi Harris is in the movie. Yes. Um, she's the one who says the phrase collateral beauty because she works at a support group for parents whose children have died. A support group that Will Smith, like, awkwardly lurks on the sidelines mm. of. Can you guess what the twist for this one is?
1: Uh They fuck.
0: No, they did fuck, created a child, and then that child died. Oh. She's his wife. Oh. But guess who taught her the phrase "collateral beauty"? He did. The, the daughter, daughter did. The friends did. An older woman. Oh. Helen Mirren, who reveals oh, Jesus. that she is actually death. It turns what? out the movie totally gaslit the audience because those are the personifications of love, time, and death.
1: They're just moonlighting as struggling actors for kicks. That's fucking... What? Let me guess. Let me guess. Some fucking, like, Richard Kelly-ass white dude wrote this movie. It was Alan Loeb who wrote Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps, about
0: how money doesn't sleep. Oh, that's right. Um, So... Because, like, all of Will Smith's friends, the three friends, they're not friends. No. Uh, They all have, like, personal problems. Like, one of them's dying, death. One of them can't have a baby or is trying to have a baby. I don't care. And then the other one is Edward Norton, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So they also learn a valuable lesson. But you know what lesson no one learns? Don't gaslight your friends. So I feel like this is 2016 in a nutshell because, like, we are Will Smith. And 2016 was supposed to be our friend. But time, love, and especially death just fucked us
1: over. It, well, it was supposed to be 2016. And it we wasn't. All, we all listened to Mabim Bam. Like, mm-hmm. let's not lie. It was supposed to be 2016, the year of building bridges and fixing things. And boy, And we lost howdy. Bowie. Yeah. We, and so many others. and
0: <sighs> Also,
1: um
0: you're watching the breakup of a powerful black couple and uh i'm not ready for him to leave office yet so
1: 2016 yeah
0: but it's but in a way like you know i i feel like donald trump gaslights all of his
1: i've heard that term used to
0: describe and i think it's pretty accurate how the media just completely created their own world for him and he just expanded it like a expansion a dying pack,
1: star a dying star or an expansion pack to Catan. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> well let's do a quick ad this time because it's 2016 and my god we want to send the year off with a bang which means that we are going to get derunk after this hells yeah yeah um so liam mm-hmm. this to to encapsulate 2016 this year we're sponsored by wall of duty does your house smell too good does your stop this is broadcast. something that we don't we can't stop this empathize with right now because we i don't, <laughs> don't want to do this because <laughs> we're both sweaty yucky boys but mm. um if you if you just really want to encapsulate 2016 in your home as an art fixture as a as a piece of performance art these folks will come into your house Shit, finity war fair <laughs> I didn't quite stick the landing, but I saw no, what you were going it was, for the I couldn't and it think was of good uh, 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 uh,
0: oh black drops.
1: There we go, moving on
0: <laughs> you know, I'm grabbing
1: something. Liam, my story for twenty sixteen. What do you know about an ape? No. Named... no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. F-
0: fuck Fuck the world. Tell me. Tell me we're not doing
1: named Harambe. (laughs) Yep, No. Well, shut up. On May 28th, 2016, a young three-year-old boy falls into the gorilla enclosure at the Cincinnati Zoo. Though zookeepers are able to get most of the gorillas to go back into their indoor habitat, one remains outside. His name is Harambe, a 17 years and one day. (laughs) It was the day after He was one day from Gorilla Retirement It was the day after his his 17th birthday Uh, uh, Western lowland gorilla An endangered species Named Harambe grabs the child And zookeepers feel that They have no choice but to shoot Harambe to guarantee the Safety of the child Fuck memes? I'm not talking About the memes Because that's boring and stupid And I have no interest in feeding into that dumb bullshit.
0: I would just like to say that Media Majors does not like memes. Yes. But memes are, to quote our good friend, to paraphrase our good friend Eric, who recently got Tinder and had this very interesting point to make where everyone's bio says they like jokes or something, or they like comedy. And then it's like a quote from the office. And that's not a joke. That's something That's somebody reference. else wrote.
1: Memes, memes are, are me- just masturbatory cultural humor. Hey, look, I know about this thing that happened.
0: And to, and to quote Joe Mandy, references aren't comedy, yeah.
1: and they're often extremely dehumanizing, especially in the case of Harambe, where everybody's like "Dicks out for Harambe!" Like something died. A, a, a gorilla died. The the guy who came
0: who started "Dicks out for Harambe" almost immediately kept tweeting. I regret Brandon Wardell, who I'm a huge fan of. He's from here, actually. Um, He's a DC boy. Um, He was like, "I this was the biggest mistake I've made in my entire life." Like, he has honestly been like, "I regret doing dicks out for Harambe." Like, I and he's someone who's like steeped in irony and is very funny about it. But he like came out and said. I fucked up.
1: Yeah. Not only are are they dehumanizing, but I think that they're act- actively harmful because the the Cincinnati Zoo received and probably still receives yep. phone calls, Facebook comments, emails, etc., saying dumb bullshit like "dicks out for Harambe," which, in addition to all the people who are saying you didn't need to shoot the gorilla, you you should have shot the gorilla earlier, you should have tranked him, etc. I mean, this. I wanna. I'm gonna talk about his relationships in 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 this episode. That's sort of the focus of my story. So I just wanted to get that out of the way first and be like, I'm not talking about the fucking memes because I hate them and they're bullshit. And that's not, 2016 is not about fucking memes. It's not about joking. So this will be short, um, but I think it's uh, better and more interesting than a meme-focused story to talk about his life. Uh, Another brief, quick note. There are ethical issues with uh, captivity, I understand. Um, Zoos are prisons. Yeah, I I understand this. I'm not really gonna deal with that problem. Uh, that's for a different podcast this yeah. isn't
0: zoology Matrix.
1: so he was born May 27th 1999 to his father Moja and his mother Kayla at the Gladys Porter Zoo in Brownsville Texas a nameless captive birth he is one of three with a brother named Makoko and a stepbrother named Caesar okay hold on if i know my movie history never name an ape Caesar. yeah that's that's asking for trouble have you seen the new trailer for war
0: of the planet yeah it ends with woody harrelson saying planet of the Apes." yeah (laughs) (laughs) like like dog we know what movie we're
1: watching uh a local man dan von coppenal had just finished with his treadmill workout when he spied the zoo's contest to name the gorilla in his local paper.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He chose to name the gorilla after one of the tracks on his workout playlist, "Harambe" by Rita Marley. Hmm. Quote, Immediately, a light bulb went off in my head, and I thought of Harambe. It seemed perfect—an inspiring African name for an endangered species. Mm-hmm. Harambe is a Swahili word that literally means "all pull together." It is the official motto of Kenya and also refers to a Kenyan tradition of self-help events like fundraising or de- or de- or developmental activities.
0: It just occurred to me that Reddit legitimately, or the internet, legitimately tarnished a country's slogan.
1: Yeah. Also, can we talk about the fact that this guy has, like, a, a very slow reggae jam in one of his, <laughs> his treadmill out. workout chains? I, was, I was trying to, like... How do you run to reggae? Are you
0: already stoned? <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: more of a canter. Mm. A man by the name of Jerry Stones would go on to raise Harambe from birth, in addition to his uh, gorilla parents, his ape parents, mm. serving as an adoptive a fa- uh, keeper and father. Quote, I raised him from a baby. He was a sweet, cute little guy. Indeed, he was described as a precocious youth, though notably tamer than most of his friends. He's affectionately nicknamed Skeeter at this point in his life, because this is a Stephen King book. <laughs> it's pet cemetery, yeah. like a monkey. <laughs> 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 oh
0: my God, Stephen, write me this book.
1: Uh, he was evidently part of a playground crew consisting of himself, his stepbrother Caesar, and their friend uh, Nzinga. Uh, I think we can all kind of like empathize with this playground crew thing. Like we've mm-hmm. all had that like tight group of friends. Right now, even it's. A Liam, me, and our friend Adam is in the background playing the witness. Perhaps you heard him give a chuckle earlier at one of our unfunny jokes. Do you want to say hi to the, our lack of listeners?
0: Hi. They can't Dude. hear you. The microphone's pointing this Just way. Just shout. Nice. Hi! <laughs> there you go. There we go. We got it. Excellent. Adam, <laughs> put your shirt on. Your tattoo of France is disturbing. Fuck. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding, guys.
1: Or we, we all have a crew, and that's how we like learn to socialize as kids, and it seems like that's what they did. They all helped each other to socialize in the often confusing captive environment. Um, at the age of three, however, Harambe suffers his first like real tragedy when, in and a, and a formative moment when Caesar, Makoko, and Kayla all die uh, from a chlorine gas leak in their enclosure. <gasps>
0: You asshole! You just, okay, for the listeners, <laughs> Tom has this fucking <laughs> out, and after that, he just he just like very daintily puts the first page back on the table, like he's some fucking John Hurt storyteller. <laughs>
1: you dickbag. Uh, adoptive father Jerry Stone, uh, described the effect that this had on Harambe, talking about the the adolescent that he would become eventually. Quote, he grew up to be a pretty, beautiful male. He was very intelligent. Very, very intelligent. His mind was going constantly. He was such a sharp character. Mm-hmm. Um, And and again, like, man, fucking people don't think animals are people. Animals have personalities. Like, if you're... Well, if some you're, of them. Yeah. If you're, I mean, apes especially. If your, for, for sure. whole fucking family died, that would profoundly affect you and it seems like he, you know like one of those things where maturity through adversity where he became this kind of like stoic kind character for suffering a tragedy at such a young age uh, so Harambe left alone with his dad Moja for a decade um, until damn. 2013 when his father passes from heart failure I know I said this wasn't a bummer, but, you like... Lied. I, you I, lied! You lied! This is lie. a
0: huge bummer! I love gorillas. They're so, one of my favorite animals.
1: So, at this point, Harambe is 14 years old, and he's nearing his sexual prime. I can't not imagine him with a Walkman <laughs> player. No, right? And like like he's, a fucking Sonic Youth t-shirt. Like, he's 14, and, and he's, he's 14. getting fucking horny! Like, or like, wants to... Like, bone! Ugh. The Gladys Porter Zoo begins at this point to look for suitable spaces for Harambe to socialize and mate eventually landing on the Cincinnati Zoo in 2014. Uh-oh. Um, he's welcomed with open arms, becoming close companions, not romantic, but just friends, with his two female enclosure mates, Mara and Chewie.
0: So not only is he just, like, a stoic teenager, but he's also a gentleman.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, he's, like, a cool dude who's just, like, uh, friends.
0: God, I wish I could go back. I, I, I on, The only reason I want to stop this harambe thing from happening now is one so i can stop the internet from becoming
1: its true self and also now i want to save him because
0: he sounds like a cool gorilla
1: and he also becomes close with the the staff at the cincinnati zoo i mean again there's ethical issues with zoos but the people who work there develop real bonds with these animals we know the rest of this story the cincinnati zoo staff was devastated by the loss of this this Gorilla that they considered a friend. God, can you fucking imagine being the person who had to pull that trigger? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to go into it. That, that would be like asking like me to kill you. It would, Yeah, because you keep me in a pen. <laughs> oh,
0: there <And you> throw <laughs> me morsels of raw meat. Yeah.
1: And both Mara and Shui have suffered visible emotional damage from the loss of their friend. Yeah. Uh, some primate specialists even recommending that they receive emotional counseling.
0: Aww. Uh, I have no things to hug.
1: Yeah, I have no interest in debating the the right and wrongs of killing him. I think that's been done to death, so um so I want to end with this. Harambe means all pulled together. And I really do think that's like a very appropriate name for this gorilla and his life. Mm-hmm. Um be it in reference to his his three-boy gang of gorillas helping each other to socialize in a complicated of, scenario an
0: incredibly complicated environment
1: uh jerry stones and other who staff that really loved this gorilla and and also had a hand in raising him and helping him become the the being that he was uh harambe and his dad uh reeling and living with the loss of three members of their immediate family or uh mara and chewy who welcomed him into their home into yeah a new equally complicated home and that is why harambe is my story of 2016 because this fucking year has been awful and like we need to harambe wall yeah, to wall and yeah we pull together. all we all we have to all pull together if we're gonna make it through 2017 uh, and if you want a source of legit honest to god inspiration uh, for togetherness in the face of adversity then you have to look no further than the life and history of Harambe, the western lowland gorilla. And that is my story. Ah, damn. Um,
0: we decided because it, this will be our, either the last episode in 2017, definitely the last episode we're recording in 2016, sorry, not 2017, or the first episode to be in 2017 to give just a very quick uh, some some top ten lists. Yeah, because we're
1: both we both have opinions on you you with movies and me with games. So I'm we're gonna, gonna be give... doing
0: my top five movies and then top five worst movies that I saw. But go I'll probably it. be like top three. Well, I need to think of the bad ones, and uh, so you go first. Cause okay. I need to fully get them.
1: All right, my top ten. Number, Number 10, ten, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. It's very flawed, but I love Mirror's Edge, and it's the best first-person platformer of all time.
0: And they make a mean razor.
1: Number nine, Inside. Great puzzle game, very abstract, a lot of different readings. I did a whole video about it, Chaboy Explains, Marks, and Inside. Go look it up.
0: I prefer Outside.
1: Dishonored 2, Dishonored 2. Great sequel to a great game. uh, Really, uh, you know, flawed, but like the powers were dope as shit. That's all I gotta say. You never find your honor. Steep. Steep is the snowboarding, wingsuiting, skiing, paragliding game. I just could like get like pour myself a few drinks, listen to my favorite podcast, and just like fuck around on a mountain. That's fun. it was awesome.
0: I liked SS that. Tricky. Uh,
1: number six is Quadrilateral Cowboy. Quadrilateral Cowboy is a game about uh, typing in commands into a uh, command lines into a DOS mainframe and pulling off insane, ridiculous heists in this cute little uh, cyberpunk future. Blade Runner-esque world, Uh, it's so much fun. It's, I can't even, yeah. My number five is Doom. Doom owns. Doom fucking rules. You will rip a goddamn demon in half and your heart will fucking explode and it fucking owns, can that's, you make god guy, damn it!
0: Can you make a guy eat his own butt like in Mad World?
1: You, dude, you reach into a fucking demon, rip his heart out, and then make him fucking eat it. It owns, Doom owns.
0: Sounds great, can you make a guy eat his own butt? No. Well, come on guys.
1: My number four is Lady Killer in a Bind. It's a visual novel by Christine Love. It's, it's, uh, the full title is My twin brother made me cross-dress as him and now I have to deal with a geeky stalker and a Dom Beauty who want me in a bind. Or or Lady Killer in a Bind. Or How I Learned to Stop
0: Loving and Love the Bomb.
1: It's so fucking good. It's, it's like an erotic novel. It's so smartly written. And and it draws a lot of erot- like very like delightful eroticism, very playful eroticism from shut the fuck up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm silently laughing from <laughs> the concept of playful eroticism, as if there's something as unplayful eroticism, which I imagine is like. You look cute in that skirt, which is the least playful eroticism you can say in that voice.
1: True, but I I would imagine that's how a lot of women feel when a dude hits on them at a bar.
0: Dudes, don't hit on anybody. Uh, Just be nice. Lady
1: Killer in a Bind is about, like, the social-sexual dynamics of of interaction where it's, like, about doms and subs and, like, BDSM, and it's fucking hot. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Eat a dick, Fifty Shades, with your fucked up politics. Uh
1: my number two three my number three is catacombs of solaris which is an incredibly short game if you're gonna play it's free as well if you're gonna play any game this year for like no effort this game takes like five minutes to play it's a displacement simulator um it's really bizarre and trippy and it's got a like painterly aspect to it Ooh. where where like once you learn the rules of how this maze space displaces you you can kind of manipulate it into creating these really interesting like fractal paintings almost Ooh. my number two game of the year is the witness it's a maze puzzle game adam's playing it right now it's based on the harrison ford movie of the same name it is impossible to pitch this game it is about puzzles and life it and is love it is about high concept philosophical existential and linguistic concepts cool. uh, co- uh communicated exclusively through maze puzzles and so it's
0: kind of a rivalry
1: it's yeah exactly it's fucking like that sounds like such bullshit but it's it's so good i can't even fucking begin y'all and i'm gonna cheat here my ties for number one are are hit, the newest hitman the newest hitman is the best in the franchise it's so good it's uh one of the best puzzle games of all time Allah huh. the incredible machine where it's very systemic is and it like a puzzle game that involves shooting people yeah well it's That's a puzzle cool. game where like the 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 witness is a puzzle game where the goal is to get to the end of a maze and the and uh hitman is a puzzle game where the goal is to get somebody dead but the ways in which you accomplish that are like it, it, it's it's like looking into a diamond the the that's cool the ways in which you could approach it are like infinitesimal it is so detailed it's a gorgeous game it's got a really good sense of humor too it's a very funny game games
0: are starting to do that more and I don't know if it's someone on the writing staff or some shit but... yeah
1: to give you an idea of the sense of humor of the hitman game there's a new piece of holiday content where you literally just kill the wet bandits that's
0: amazing
1: yeah and the other tie for number one is Hyper Light Drifter. Fuck, play this game. It's the most beautifully animated game. Think uh, Don Bluth, but Ooh. pixel art video game. I'm in. Um, every every single animation is handcrafted. We should do a Don Bluth episode. Yeah, it's gorgeous, and it's got a it's got a fantastic soundtrack, and it's the guy who created it was suffering from a life threatening a, a lifelong Life-threatening heart condition and he just completely instilled his being into this game. It is it is oppressive and uh, uh, depressedly empathetic is how I would describe it where it is really Kind of sad, but you feel a lot of love for this world and everything in it And it's a very difficult game It's not for people who are just looking for something to pick up and play but it is I will remember playing this game for the rest of my life. I
0: want to play it already.
1: Yeah. All right. That is my top 10. That's amazing. All right. we go.
0: So I'm going to do a top six just because I couldn't. Um, I, I, there are uh, some great movies that came out this year. Uh, number six is Arrival. Um, yeah. No, I hated the, the first hour I was watching it. I was like, I don't like this movie <laughs> um, because they were doing a bunch of tropes that I don't like. But then they uh, totally turned, like totally inverted all of them. It was really fun. Dennis, Dennis Venelinuweblerblerbler uh, is maybe the best newest director who just seems to be making more and more great stuff. Uh, number five is Manchester by the Sea. Uh, a lot of people are really raving about it, and I totally see why because it was really funny, really sad. Casey Affleck is really good. I don't want to. What I really like about it is that it gives you so little information, and it just totally does what it wants. Totally breaks a bunch of movie rules, and I, like I loved it for it. oh, cool. it's, the way it paces out what you—it's need one of the best scripts I've seen because it's like okay, it doesn't—it does flashbacks without telling you it's doing a flashback. You have to figure that out yourself.
1: Oh, I love that. And
0: it only gives you information when you need it, and then we'll pay off later. Really good. Uh, number four, Hunt for Wilder People. Do you ever wish Wes Anderson like started making good movies that yes. like all the That's time. Hunt for Wilder People. Uh the Taikiti Watiti, whose name I'm definitely saying wrong, he co-directed What We Do in Shadows, which is an incredible film if you haven't seen it. And he's currently doing Thor Three, which Ooh. will be the best out of all the shitty Thor movies, which are Not basically a
1: particularly high bar.
0: Nah, they're Flash Gordon wannabes in the worst way possible. Um so he wrote and directed this based on a book called, like, Watercress and Wild Pork, and it's it stars one of my favorite characters, uh, just a 12-year-old from New Zealand who's really into hip-hop and being a gangster. It, Sam Neill gives the best performance I've seen him give in a movie. Shut the fuck up. Sam Neill's in this movie? He's the um, he's the other car- main character in it. I it's love Sam Neill. It's basically him and a 12-year-old New Zealand wannabe gangster in the Do woods together. Do you see... Uh, Event Horizon. Yes. Uh, he rips his own eyes out. Yeah. Um No, he dude, he's so fucking good in this movie. Also, have you seen um, Possess? Possession. No. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Isra- Isabella Rosalini fucks a tentacle monster, and he's her husband. Oh. Sam Neill is her husband. Oh. Um, number three is Moonlight.
1: Oh, I need to see this movie.
0: I. So I usually am the type of person who knows what the type of movie they're going into going in. Not the case for Moonlight, so I don't want to say anything about it. Because I didn't know anything in, and it blew me away. And it was one of the most beautiful, lovely movie going. You can ask Eric, who I saw it with. I was, like, cheering at parts. I was near tears at parts. And here... All right.
1: Oh good, I'm definitely gonna cry then. You, oh my
0: god, it's th- fucking beautiful, good. and it the climax is a conversation, and it is <gasps> the best thing I've ever seen. Oh! Like, like it's just a conversation between two people, and it's fucking amazing. Good. It's based on um, a play called Moonlight, or Black. Uh, sorry, it's based on a play called Black Bo- uh, Little Black Boys Look Blue in the Moonlight. By. That I can't remember his name. but The he's famous a, playwright. Yes, he's August. a really no, not August Wilson. Uh, but it's someone else, uh, African-American uh, playwright, who's he's, he's also gay, and he writes just these incredible plays. It's based on one he never got made, oh, and it's just, guys, it should win. It's not going to. Fucking La La Land, it, which isn't on my list because I haven't seen it, is going to sweep everything, but, like, I was so emotionally invested in Moonlight, and I've never been that invested. I'm I'm rambling on about it. Um, number two, Alright, number two and number one are basically the same. Like, they're ranked the same for me. Mm -hmm. Number two, you know what, fuck it. Number two, Swiss Army Man. I've never seen a movie like this. I'll never see another movie like this. Go watch the Daniels. Watch all the music videos they did. Watch Interesting Ball. Swiss Army Man's amazing. People who walked out of it were stupid because it opens on a suicide and then boners and farts, but it does incredible things. And then my favorite movie of the year, because I'm from DC, because I love punk rock music, because my favorite color is green. My favorite movie was Green Room. It was the most Fuck amazing. Yes, it, I've, it, it was. It was lean. It was. It was fucking scary. Okay, I'm obsessed with Jeremy Saline. He's a fucking. He's from Alexandria, hometown boy. Blue Ruin on Netflix. Go watch it.
1: If you've seen, if you've seen Green Room, you have to play Doom. And if you've played Doom, you, you have, have to, to see Green Room. Have to see Green Room. Um, holy fucking shit! That movie. It's amazing. Fucking owns
0: and it also she's so
1: lean yeah and there's not a wasted second
0: of action in that movie patrick stewart it plays a white supremacist it's guys f- it's
1: fucking fucking crazy. unreal also by the way another part of the reason why this movie owns is because you get to see a bunch of fucking white supremacists get the shit fucking beat out of them and that's awesome okay feel free to edit this out <laughs> but like here's
0: the elevator pitch a punk band from arlington Has to play a show at a Nazi bar. The guitarist, Anton Yelchin, who was amazing in it It's one of his last movies. It was, yeah, it was one of them. He just turns to the band, because they're working on their set list, and he goes, I have a really bad idea. And they play a cover of Nazi Punk's Fuck Off by the Dead Kennedys, one of my all-time favorite bands, one of my favorite songs, and it just goes to shit from there. Nazi
1: punks! Nazi punks! Nazi punks! Fuck fuck off!
0: off! Oh my god. It's amazing. Okay.
1: Three worst movies of the year. Crank them out, crank them out, crank them out. We gotta wrap this Wait, shit up.
0: three worst. Do I have three? I might not actually have three. No, I have three. I have three. Number three, nocturnal animals. Fuck movies about writers. They're not interesting. Mm-hmm. Fuck Tom Ford. Knows how to shoot a Western, doesn't know how to shoot a drama. Um, and fuck Tom Ford for only having Michael Shannon appear in the Western part, because he was beautiful and I wanted to kiss his mustache face. <whistles> mm. Number two, Star Wars Rogue One, piece of shit, I hated every moment of it, super boring, <laughs> through 10 minutes I wanted to kill myself, the robot is awful, everyone's awful, it sucks, I hated it, S- Darth Vader makes a Austin Powers level pun, um, he chokes somebody and goes like, don't choke on your own power, or oh, just something fuck fucking off. awful. Uh, and the worst movie I saw was The Witch. Fuck that movie a thousand times. No.
1: Yeah. Worse than Collateral Beauty? I didn't see Collateral Beauty. You didn't beauty. see Collateral Beauty? Eat my ass. The Witch cannot possibly be number one worst. It was a tie between that and
0: Rogue One. Oh. It might be Rogue One. I
1: really hated The Witch. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll fight about this later. All right. Well, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Well, yeah. Just quickly, Chaboy
0: explains. Shmanna Sore dinosaur. Tom Lockney on SoundCloud. Uh, Boys' Night. Uh, we have a live show, January eighth. Email us about it, media majors podcast at gmail That's all. We love you so much. Oh, send us your stories. Send us corrections. Interact yes. with us. Yes. We love you guys.
1: Pitch us. Um, twenty sixteen, terrible year. Sucked, and we're really sorry to everybody who's going to be deeply affected by it. And if you need somebody to talk to or whatever, I like message us or we are not therapists if we can't help we will do our best to point you in the right direction i can actually do that yeah um thank you so much for listening and we're gonna we're gonna send you off with
0: we'll be there for you
1: we'll be there for you
0: when the rain starts to pour